0: pictures. So this morning, by the grace of God and a lot of gratitude, my daughter and I went to Yum Yum Donuts on Magnolia and Colfax. And we bought donuts for any kid that was coming in from North Hollywood High or coffee, whoever, homeless, whatever. It was one of the best experiences of my life. It reminds me of When my son was little, Cameron and I, we would go down to like the churches and give money to the homeless people that had no food for Thanksgiving, waiting outside. It just felt so good. So I thought that was a good time for me to talk about one of my pet peeves in Los Angeles and all over the world now, homelessness and the ascension of the new mayor of Los Angeles, Karen Bass. Now, let me get get this. Let me just tell you that, number one, I did not vote for Ms. Bass. Um, yes, she's a woman. We'll have the first woman mayor, which I'm thrilled about. And she's a Black woman, and I'm thrilled about that, okay? And that was great and all that. But I voted for Caruso, and I'll tell you the difference. As I'm reading this, Article in the LA Times today by David Zanisser and Julia Wick. As ignore, ig, listen to me, as inauguration nears, is a cleanup near City Hall. During her campaign, Los Angeles Mayor elect like Karen Bass repeatedly promised she would make homelessness on high her priority on day one with an immediate focus on the city's most challenging encampments. I'm going to continue reading this because it's important. Three days before, before her inauguration today, one particularly visible encampment across the street from City Hall was already receiving a swarm of attention from sanitation crews, outreach workers, and other government employees. Unhoused residents who have been living at First and Spring Streets for several months were loaded into vans Thursday and whisked to the L.A. Grand Hotel a temporary homeless facility on Figueroa Street, if you're familiar with downtown L.A., that is scheduled to shut down January 31st, okay? Several said they were told that they needed to relocate in the run-up to bath's swearing in which had been scheduled for Sunday outside of City Hall. They said they were going to be coming through here and cleaning this whole section out because the mayor is having her inauguration. And Robert Phelps, 47, I don't know what cleaning this up has to do with that, but I assume it'll be on the news and they want it to be clean. The operation underscored the magnitude of the challenge ahead for Bass who will lead a city where more than 40,000, okay, 40,000 people live without permanent shelter and frustration. Is that a boiling point, okay? This crisis bedeviled our mayor, Eric Garcetti, by the way, who I did not vote for. I voted for the woman who was running against him. For much of his time in office, what has he done? What did he do? You know, his father Uh, said to me, you know, after I said, I'm not voting for him, I don't think he could do anything. Gil Gossetti, well, that's just too bad. Are you a Democrat? Of course I'm a Democrat, but I didn't think he could do anything. And guess what? He hasn't done anything. What with the Mr. Photo Ops? For much of his time in office, Bass has promised to act with renew, urgency, declaring a state of emergency. Really? Really, Karen? Okay, yeah, right. Okay, as soon as she takes office, the decision to move people into the LA Grand on Thursday marked a change in direction for the city, which has spent months working to close facilities. That's right, close facilities that participated in Project Roomkey. The federally funded program turned hotels in downtown. Hollywood, and elsewhere into temporary housing for L.A.'s homeless residents after the outbreak of COVID-19. Thursday night, Bass announced that an incoming storm had prompted her team to relocate the inauguration to an indoor location in the Microsoft Theater at L.A. Live. By then, about 20 people had moved from Burst and Spring to the L.A. Grand. Asked about the cleanup, Bass's spokesperson Zach Sadie directed questions to Garcetti, saying the mayor-elect won't assume authorizing until Monday. As to future plans to urgently bringing unhoused Angelinos inside, the mayor-elect will be making major announcements starting on her first day in office, Saidi said. An official with the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority which participated in Thursday's operation, also referred questions about the first and spring encampment to Gorsetti's office. Well, he's leaving. What's he going to do, right? Of course, just pass the buck. That's all I'm saying. So did an aide to council member Kevin DeLeon, whose district includes City Hall and the surrounding areas. To be unequivocally clear, the council member Did not request this operation, DeLeon's spokesperson, Pete Brown said. Harrison Wallman, a Garcetti spokeswoman, did not directly address questions about whether the encampment was moved for the inauguration. In an email, he said, homeless outreach began in the area in July, with crisis response teams getting involved a month later. Everyone living in this location has been off at housing, uh-huh. He said in an email and the LA grand was identified for this location because of its close proximity available beds and track records of successfully placing Angelenos on a path to permanent housing. The operation at first in spring followed months of reports from LA HSA on its effort to empty out the LA grand, which has been the largest of the project room key sites providing about 480 rooms. Even as outreach workers were loading people into vans, LAHSA Assistant Chief Nathaniel Virgo told the council's homelessness committees on Thursday that his agency remains on track to empty the LA Grand by January 31st, okay? Where where are they going to go? Tell me, where are the people going to go? It's going to be raining here in LA, horrible. Anyway, he said the hotel's population dropped to 186 earlier this week, with about four people leaving each day for permanent or interim housing. These numbers are subject to change as the mayor's office is potentially utilizing the grand for a special operation, he told the committee. Virgo did not say, with a name like Virgo, of course, Virgo, my my least favorite sign, Virgo not say what the special operation is and none of the council members attending the meeting's team meeting asked him to explain. Bass's team did not respond to a question about whether she wants to keep the hotel open past January 31st. Thursday's encampment cleanup began around 8 30 a.m with outreach workers coaxing people out of their tents. Get up out of your dirty tents. We don't want you here. I'm just saying that. They didn't say that, but I can only imagine. Without, we, tre- okay. Sanitation crews collected trash, helped prepare some belongings for storage, and later power washed the sidewalk. Over the course of several hours, more than a dozen people methodically packed their belongings and piled into white vans. Rudy McKee, Negrete, a 49-year-old former hairstylist, was initially wary of the L.A. Grand office, saying he doesn't like being pushed from place to place. By early afternoon, however, he was looking forward to spending the night indoors in a warm bed. As long as I'm someplace, I don't care, he said, as he was removed. And he's removed belongings from his tent. But it's just the inconsistency. They said room key was done and the funding was over. Come on. Negretti said he, too, was told in camp and needed to be moved for the inauguration that was planned outside City Hall. During Thursday's cleanup, employees of LAHSA, I don't know what that means, the Bureau of Sanitation and the City Circle Outreach Program said the tents had to be moved because of the inauguration or an unspecified weekend event. Some cited security concerns because of the presence of Vice President Kamala Harris, who is scheduled to swear in Bass. Most of those who have been living at Burst Spring agreed to locate. They told us if we don't move, the LAPD is going to come and move us," said Luis Suarez, standing outside a row of tents on Spring on Wednesday night. The first van load of people arrived at the hotel around ten fifteen a.m., lugging backpacks, tote bags, and rolling luggage. Sitting in dining chairs outside the hotel, they were approached by two intake workers clutching clipboards who asked for their names and their dates of birth. Staffers at the hotel took each person's temperature, checked their blood pressure, and swapped their nostrils for COVID-19. Oh, sidebar, my husband and I took um, home COVID tests today because he's got a sore throat. We were negative, thank God, because we've already had COVID. He has it, had it twice. I've had it once. Okay, so project room key workers approached with bottles of water, and to go boxes containing omelets. Thomas Nejera, the first to have his temperature checked, said he had been living on first since August, first street. The 71 year old said he has been robbed five times while living on the street, losing transistor radios, a cell phone, and other belongings. Eventually, an intake worker came to, the ho- to enter the hotel. How do I smell? Yes. He <laughs> asked, three months, same clothes. Our street workers did face some resistance. One woman who had been living in a tent with a small child declined their initial offer of a hotel room, deciding instead to move her belongings, a tent, a stroller, a folding cot, and other items across the street next to the south lawn of City Hall. Aww. Hours later, she and her green and white tent were gone, and it was not clear whether she had changed her mind. Left behind were a cooler, four jugs of water, and an assortment of children's shoes, sandals, toys, and crayons. By 5 p.m., eight tents still remain near burst and spring. Sanitation officials posted a sign saying they plan to carry out another cleaning there on Friday along with other nearby streets. Okay, so I need to talk about homelessness because it's a very important thing to me. You know, I read this article that was absolutely, a, I, it's a book, The Making of a Crisis, A History of Homelessness in Los Angeles by Kirsten Morsheely, Elisa Belinkoff-Katz, Andrew Klein, Jessica Richards, Fernanda um, Jan Berry, Marcus Vestal, and Zeb with the collaboration of, this was in, in January 2020, collaboration of Kyle Nelson. And and then I read this book that was mentioned in here more than half a century ago, social theorist Michael Harrington published The Other America, 1962. The book confronted the anomaly that that a country such as or extraordinary wealth, talent, innovation permitted tens of millions of people to dwell in poverty. This is the other America, Harrington wrote. He said was, but it is, referring to the unskilled workers, the migrant farm workers, the age of the minorities, and all of who live in, a, in an economic underworld of American life. Well, that was nearly 60 years ago. The problem has hardly disappeared. In fact, it's even more deeply entrenched in the fabric of a, the American economic and social order. Aye, whereas Harrington suggested not entirely accurately that the other America was largely invisible in the early 60s, there could be no such claim today. The other America stands right before our eyes on sidewalks and tent camps, cars and temporary shelters. We walk past that America each day in our cities and towns. The other American kids consists of the homeless women, men and children whose presence on our streets to one of this country's gravest social and moral failings. Sadly, and I say it sadly, Los Angeles Angeles has come to be regarded as the homeless capital of the United States. Raising property values which have driven up rents and the increasing conversion of affordable housing to market rate housing has led to a severe shortage of low-cost options. This unprecedented housing crisis has prompted a spike in the rates of homelessness, both in the city and the county of Los Angeles. Oh my God! And this is so true. How did we get there? How? 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 You know. Anyway, but but the but now I'm going to read more of this because this is an amazing book style article, you know? Hi. The phenomenon of homelessness has a long history in the region. Residents have struggled to secure housing in Los Angeles, extending back to the 19th century with transient laborers rode the rails west to the city looking for work. Okay? Single, older white men comprised most comprised most of the skid row population in the 1970s. Thereafter, Following decades of racialized residential segregation, employment discrimination, and financial redlining, non-whites, and African Americans in particular, began to make up the majority. Today, African Americans make up 34% of Los Angeles County's homeless, but just 8% of the general population. latinx identified people constitute 36% of the homeless population. And 48% of the general population, people of color, are disproportionately represented among the region's homeless. Oh, my God. The lack of affordable housing is not merely a contemporary problem, but has put severe pressure on Los Angeles residents at multiple points over the last century, pushing many into homelessness. Isn't that terrible? horrible, low incomes along with high rents, have contributed to the crisis, okay? I just, you know, read this article, read that book, and just like, you know, the history of homelessness in Los Angeles, here's the foundation of it. In the late 19th and early 20th century, most visible and policed cohort of homeless people were overwhelmingly White men, both native-born individuals, individuals and European immigrants, immigrants, while migrant laborers transversed the West by railroad to labor and seasonal industries such as logging and crop harvesting. During the winter months, thousands of single men streamed into Los Angeles for cheap lodging in what would later become known as Skid Row. This downtown neighborhood first emerges as a sink community in the 1880s in the vicinity of a Southern Pacific Railroad passenger terminal, quickly becoming home to many transient laborers. Tramps in the popular Pearl Lands of the time. Tramps, terrible. Who rode the rails in search of waged work and places to rest. The predominantly poor white men of Skid Row, tended to live in cheap apartments, residential hotels, flop houses, and privately supported housing. So denigrated, get this, as a serious menace to the public welfare and a threat to the sedentary middle-class values of home ownership, this population's presence in the city was reviled by law enforcement and civil authorities. They were incarcerated accordingly. Okay, in fact, in Los Angeles, systematic jailing of transient laborers incited the first significant expansion of the city's carceral infrastructure, with overcrowding leading to new two new city jails, a new county jail, and a stockade at Lincoln Heights. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So, as you can see and I'm reading all of these things of like the history and what has happened over the years and how people have become homeless. Okay, let's let's talk about, yes, we have 40,000 homeless in this city. Okay? Well, how do we solve the problem? I think if Caruso would have been, this is just my opinion, I voted for Caruso, if Caruso had been elected mayor, he would would not even have to, you know, be like sworn in. He would have taken care of things immediately. He had so many good ideas on what to do and how to help the homeless. I'm just waiting to see what Ms. Karen Bass is going to do. And if some of you hate me for saying this, I'm sorry. But you know, I'm a liberal Democrat. But And I'm glad that, you know, Caruso changed his party lines. I mean, he just could have done so much more. You know, he had so many plans of what he was going to do. And it's just amazing to me that the the sad thing is that, you know, how if Caruso had been mayor, you know, his plans would be just like, you know, I want to read, look it up and see some of these things. How would, I'm looking it up, how would, and I'm, (laughs) Caruso have helped the home? And I'm going to talk about it because I'm waiting to see how she will, you know? Caruso's plan would have been there is no world in which this could happen. One of Caruso's idea was to convert the 300 surplus parcels of land in Los Angeles County into temporary homeless shelters. Okay? Candidate Caruso makes homelessness and crime his campaign focus. So there you go. So people say magical thinking. Why? He has a lot of money. He could have done it. He could have really worked with it. You know, how to fix it. Hers on October 20th, it's like, how could she fit? Here, here's the difference, which is like, um, I'm just looking up how, you know, Miss Karen Baths can like, you know. But a lot of people didn't vote for him. So, you know, she's, an, and they each call for declaring, a. it is a state of emergency here. You know, This, this the dysfunction in Hollywood's hometown is affecting business for the industry in large and small ways. Um, I don't know what she's gonna do. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna wait and see what she's gonna do. You know, so he's a real estate developer. He's got plenty of land, he could have done something, you know, and really have done something. You know, so in anyway, you know, I'm just very frustrated by the fact that she was elected and he wasn't, and you know, Caruso. He spent his own money to run for mayor. If that isn't something, I don't know what is. So I'm just in the wait and see mood, you know. We'll see what she's going to do. So I'm not sure. Uh, I'm interested in seeing what she's going to do about the homeless. You know, I have a lot to say about it. It's very difficult. My son and I would have been homeless if not for the kindness of a lot of people. You know, we had a roof over our head. It was an expensive roof, but we did have a roof over our head. And I went to work and I was very grateful that I could do something. So I just had to say that. Thank you for that article. Julia Wick, David Zahnizer, Zahnizer, thank you so much. It was a great article. And thank you for, you know, I really wanted, this is just part one. Of course, there's so much about homelessness and about Reagan and what he did and, you know, what he didn't do. So I just wanted to share my feelings about this and just let you all know, if nobody told you they love you today, I love you because you're you and be good to yourself. Mwah.